and welcome to 15 Minutes of Time Killing. You are listening to Overanalyzing Anime, the podcast with your host and anime enjoyer who can't call herself a connoisseur for never having watched Berserk, do not at me, Hannah Petrus. In this episode of Overanalyzing Anime, we will discuss the themes and symbolisms within the anime Noragami, a very old anime, I know, but it is near and dear to my heart, and I want it to get a season three even though it's been like six years. What's it about? In times of dire, sometimes you'll see a strange phone number scrawled in red, and should the desperate choose to call, the very, very desperate, the Yato God will answer, ready for your wish to be heard. For the cheap price of 5 yen, of course. Yato dreams of being a god of fortune and having 1 million worshippers. But without a shrine, he's practically unknown. A god without a name. He spends his days as a self-proclaimed delivery god. And since the air quotations there. Doing odd jobs here and there and executing ayakashi. Malevolent spirits that feed off the darkness and corrupt the good in humans' hearts. But after his shinky, human souls that, when gifted a name by a god, can transform into weapons, gets fed up with Yato's compulsive behavior and sleeping on the steps of another, more famous god shrine in the cold of night, quits, Yato finds himself unarmed and must find a new shinky before Ayakashi come prowling. But just as things seem grim for the delivery god, fortune comes his way in the form of middle schooler Hiyori Iki, a young girl with the ability to see phantoms and spirits, who supposedly, more air quotes, saves Yato from being hit by a truck, taking the blow for him. Yato is a god and cannot die by mortal means. Yori miraculously survives Truk-kun, but finds that her soul has been shook loose, allowing her to leave her body as a half-ayakashi. Yato charges her 5 yen to change back, but is unable to fix her condition till he finds a new shink. Yori agrees to help him, and things finally seem to be looking up for the minor god. Inspiration! Jazz hands. Nayato, or as it is revealed his real name to be, Yaboku. Sorry guys for the spoilers. Welcome to Overanalyzing Anime. Fun fact, Yato can also be read as Yaboku in Katakana. Yato is read as Yato in Kanji. Yeah, so Yato, whose real name is revealed to be Yaboku, after he gets stuck in the underworld and the only way to bring him back is to call out his real name. But no matter how many times Yukine and Hiyori scream out Yato, he doesn't appear, can be referred to be of the author's own creation. Maybe with a few inspiration plucked from other gods. Because of the fact that Yato is a relatively unknown god within the story's narrative and the fact that Noragami literally translates to stray god. So yeah, however, that doesn't mean that some actual gods don't appear within the story. In fact, the author draws heavy inspiration from the Shinto religion and Buddhism, and many of the gods in Noragami also have epithets in other religions as well. If you didn't know, Shinto literally translates to Way of the Kami. Kami is a multi-spanning term that includes gods, spirits, deified mortals, ancestors, natural phenomena, and supernatural powers. Nah, my mouth is so dry. Kami have power over the people's everyday lives, if you couldn't tell by the fact that they are considered gods and are thus all-powerful, and are worshipped, giving offerings, seeking help from, and impatriated 
for their skills in divination, which is kind of like looking into the future. Kamis are associated with nature and are known nationally, but a lot of kami are localized to small rural communities, and each family has its own ancestral kami, because within the religion, when people die, they become kami. Kami transcend the cognitive ability of humans, and within the religion, truth manifests itself through observation of the world around you and undergoes transformation in infinite varieties in time and space. Sounds like a whole lot of hippie mumbo-jumbo to me, but whatever. The sun goddess Amaterasu is considered one of the most important kami, as an example for a kami known nationally. Okay, the first goddess up to bat, well, I should say god, because within every other media besides this one, the god Bishamon, or Bishamoten, is portrayed as a male. Now, Bishamon establishes herself quickly within the anime to be an antagonist to Yato, who, for some context, killed all her shinki. I already explained what shinki are in order to save them because they were becoming Ayakashi after becoming suspicious of one another over who blighted their mistress, only blighting her further and turning their hearts black. Asked to do this by Bishamon's head kami, who becomes a hafuri vessel, which is when a shinki sacrifices their name for a god. Is asked this by the Hafuri vessel of Bishamon, Asuma, felt that they had all made their goddess and who's willing to lay down his life for Yato in order to save Bishamon and not have her reincarnate. But yeah, within mythology, she is a Japanese war god who is a member of the Shichi Fukijin. The Seven Gods of Luck, a collective group of deities from India, Japan, and China respectively, who bless their worshippers with good luck and fortune all year. This includes the warrior Hindu Buddhist deity Daikokuten, who in Japan is transformed into a god of wealth and prosperity. His virtue is fortune, and he also appears rather prominently within the manga anime. Benzaiten. Hindu goddess of water, who in Japan is the goddess of arts and knowledge. Her virtue is joy. Fukuju, brought from Chinese Taoist Buddhist religion and the god of wealth, happiness, and longevity, whose virtue is longevity. This is just a long list where they pick out the one trait amongst all the gods that's different from the rest, and it's just like, this is your virtue now. I, god of happiness and abundance, and who is apparently based off of the Chinese hermit, Budaishi, whose virtue is happiness, and Jiojin, god of wisdom and virtue of wisdom. Very cut and dry, simple. Thank the gosh. Bishamon is identified with the four heavenly kings, and as Vaisa Ravana, or Pishamotayan in China, considered guardian of the north and the leader of the yaksha a broad class of nature spirits connected with water fertility trees the forest treasure and the wilderness with a broad broad range of characteristics and affiliations vaisarana is also associated with the 20 devas a group
of Buddhist Dharmpala, defenders of religious law who protect the Dharma. The Buddhist doctrine, which is the universal truth common to all individuals at one time, and is used to represent how everything in the world is connected, as proclaimed by Buddha. As we are going down the list of the many faces of Bishamon, and I am getting increasingly more thirsty, one of them is also Kubera, who in Hinduism is the king of Yakshas, and god of wealth, who is correlated with earth, mountains, and all treasures such as minerals, jewels, and other riches in general. Bishamon is always displayed as decked in full armor, standing over one or two demons. By the way, this is the Bishamon in Japanese mythology, not the ones I've been talking about before who are also Bishamon. It is confusing. Symbolizing the defeat over evil and carrying a spear and a miniature pagoda, a Hindu or Buddhist temple or sacred building, typically a many-tiered tower, as Wikipedia tells me. He is the guardian of the righteous and is the Buddhist patron of warriors, as well as the defense against evil. He is the lord of wealth and treasure, and also one of the Shiteno, a group of four gods to protect the four cardinal directions. His virtue is dignity. I did not get to that before when I was going down the list of Chichi Fuchujin. Another god importance within the story is Binobogami, who goes by her trade name, Ebisu Kofuku. Binobogami is the kami is a kami who inhabits a human being or his house to bring me misery and poverty. Generally, Binogami appears as a skinny, dirty old man who employs an uchiwa, a handheld fan, and a kendama, a traditional Japanese toy. It consists of a handle, ken, and a pair of cups, sarado, and a ball. They're all connected together by a string in his hands and wears one broken geta, traditional Japanese sandals, on his foot. As a kami, Binogami cannot be killed, but a story in the Niigata prefecture states that when you light in a yori, a traditional Japanese sunken hearth fired with charcoal on omisoka, the Japanese traditional celebration on the last day of the new year, traditionally celebrated on the final of the 12th lunar month, it will ward bi away Binogami and attract Fuku no Kami of good luck said that the hospitality of the inhabitants of the house that Binogami is kind of freeloading from, I guess would be the best term, will turn Binogami into Fukunokami, which I guess completely contradicts the previous statement. Yeah, but that's what I found when I was researching, so deal with it. God I want to talk about is Ebisu, who is one of the Shichi Fukujin, which I did not mention patron of fishermen and tradesmen. He's portrayed as a fat, bearded, smiling fisherman, most of the time carrying a rod in one hand and a tie, sea bream, a red snapper, a symbol of good luck, and wearing court clothes or hunting clothing. He's a popular Shinto deity with those in the food industry. The only native deity to Japan of the Shichi Fukujin. Every other one is taken from a different religion and kind of converted to fit Japan. Some Shinto shrines Ebisu is correlated with 
that Ebisu is Hiroko, generally translated to leech child, who is the son of the creator couple Izanami and Izanagi, who discarded him for having no bones by sending him adrift in a reed boat. Ebisu is also sometimes affiliated with Kotoshiro Nushi, sign master, a son of a mythological hero named Okunushi, and is anagulous with happiness because of the role he once played as a pacifier in a quarrel between earthly and heavenly realms. His virtue is honesty. Symbols and themes. The main themes of Noragami are connected to the writings of Shintoism. Noragami obviously draws heavy inspiration from both Shintoism and Buddhism. Like so obvious, it feels like a slap to the face. With a selection of gods plucked from both major religions in Japan betrayed but is also referenced in its main attributes. In Shinto, there is no absolute right or wrong. Unlike a majority of monotheistic religions, which have specific commandments, looking at you, Christianity, and nobody is perfect. Shinto places humans on the definite side of good and states that it's human nature to do good and that any evil done in the world has its roots in evil spirits, which honestly, I think that the author of Lord of the Flies would have to disagree with you. Shinto rituals are performed to keep away evil spirits by purification, prayers, and offering to kami. That last part, you can already draw some parallels to Noragami, and that Ayakashi amplify humanity's darkest nature. This is best displayed in the scene where Yato is called upon to do a job by Tenjin, the god of learning, who states that they found a plaque where the writer states that they want to go see someone dear to them in heaven and ascertains that they committed suicide on a certain railroad track which is overrun with evil spirits after falling on hard times, who are forcing people to jump in front of, the, of a train. And after Ebisu tries to bribe Yukine to become his pinky, Toto and Yukine go on a job where this old woman was scammed out of her money. And they find out that there is a tick-like Ayakashi that has attached itself to a human and has amplified the greed of that human. Ayakashi must be killed by a god to purify the afflicted. Kami like Yato take an offering, a five yen coin, while Kami like Bishamon are invoked to defeat Ayakashi by the will of humans. Now, this again has some Shinto origins, as Shinto is most readily observed in the social life of Japanese people, the way of thinking and acting and their values rather than in some official doctrine. This connects because kami can exist for as long as humans believe in them and wish for them to exist. This is also observed in the fact that God's and heaven's power grows during time of conflict and strife with the help of prayer. Strife is usually caused by Ayakashi, and the prayer, which, you know, most people pray when they fall on hard times. There's significantly less people pray when life is good for them, and heaven's power increases because of this.
The interdependence between Ayakashi, gods, and Shinto is also exemplified in Ebisu, who desired to make a world, the world a better place by using mass, and then later seeking the word, brushes and grain with ease and spirit that can be used to control Ayakashi-like puppets and name them as if they were Shinki. Ebisu realized that he cannot simply make humans happy with money, and so he decided to relieve humans of some of the suffering caused by Ayakashi by taking control of them. Now, some other ways that Noragami has taken aspects of Shintoism and utilized it in its narrative is Buddhism Shinto amalgamation that happened when Buddhism was introduced to Japan. There is now more emphasis on Makoto no Kokoro, Heart of Truth, and Magokoro, True Heart. It a sincere attitude of people doing their best at work and in their relationship with others, and the ultimate wellspring of life stated in Shintoism is communion with kami and the awareness of the divine. Magokuro constitutes a productive life. But the sacred nature within humans rarely reveals itself, and purification symbolically removes the dust from someone's mind and impurities that cover one's inner mind. This is shown with Yukine, who, after Yato names him and he becomes Yato Shinki, is still unable to accept his death because he died at 14. And so he acts out by taking money from an old man for fixing his tires, even though Yato only charges five yen and they had already received that much from the old man. Pickpocketing a watch when he realizes that as a ghost, most people have trouble seeing him unless he calls himself to attention because Yato and Yukine are on the threshold of Nirvana and will be easily forgotten afterwards. And almost touching Hiori when she takes him away from Yato, thinking that he's a bad guardian and does not care for Yukine, when she offers for them to sleep together, she thought Yukine was a lot younger than he actually is. He's small for his age. Because of this, Yukine blights his master, which blight is like, uh, it's hard to explain. It's like an incision, it's like cutting, it injures gods, and enough of it for a prolonged period of time will cause the god to die. Blight happens most often when a god comes into contact with Ayakashi. But blight can be caused by turmoil in the hearts of Shinki, that because when gods give their Shinki a name, they are connected, the gods can feel. This leads to Yukine needing an abolition, which is basically a purification ritual where he admits his sins. You can see the correlation between Magokoro and the scene. The concept of purification being tied to the awareness of the divine, divine and communion with Kami, is demonstrated after Yukine accepts his role 
as Yato Shinki and Guide, which is the head Shinki that leads their master by preventing them from fulfilling their base desires or supplement their true nature, like Daikoku does with Kofuku, because he knows that she can't completely stifle her nature as Bimbogami. After Yukine accepts it, his position, his position, and after Yato comes to Yukine asking him to turn him into a god of fortune, this occurs after Ebisu dies, struck down from heaven, even though he had just affirmed his desire to live, and Yato was aware that he was a good person who only wanted to control the Ayakashi. Using the mask was considered a forbidden act by heaven to help humanity out and grew to greatly admire and want to be like Ebisu, Yukine started pushing Yato to do good deeds like kill Ayakashi without hope of reward. He was saving his five yen up in order to buy himself a shrine. Following Yukine's journey, we can clearly see him go from a spoiled brat who lashed out at everyone and never listened to Yato and always had a snide remark at the ready to uh, the boy who risked his name for Yato in order to save Hiyori, who they thought Bishamon had kidnapped due to her grudge with Yato, but it turns out to have all been a plot uh, that was orchestrated by father. Again, we'll get to father. Patience. Patience. Who had help from one of Bishamon Shinki, who felt that Bishamon didn't fit the image of a war god anymore. And finally, to communion with Kami by becoming Yato's trusted guide and his one and only. Aspects of Shinto that can be seen with a noragami is the fact that humans keep growing and developing. That is one of the creeds of Shinto. Shinto adheres to a cyclical approach in which there is a constant reoccurrence of historical patterns. Bishamon states herself that she knows that humans can only cultivate, and after the land is formed in the aftermath of the Ha clan's death, she strives for a closer relationship with her Shinki, having them call her ma'am instead of master. But she feels as though they're only playing house because only humans can cultivate. And it's stated by Kazuma that a god is unable to love and must obey their nature. This is basically the worst of a lot of Kazuma's agony because he loves Bishamon, but knows that she can't return his love. Or another theme with, in Noragami that doesn't have anything to do with Shintoism is the theme of coping with abuse and recovering by surrounding yourself with people who care for you. This is best exhibited with Yato, born from the wish of his father, 
a human who hates heaven and feels that's an insult for heaven to wear a human face if they're just going to act like the mountains and rivers that they truly are. You know how I said before that kami also are associated with nature. And sit back and allow people to suffer. Wild, he made Yato cull the herd, murder innocent people in order to weaken heaven's power from the lack of prayer and worship. And even made Yato tell the gods' greatest secret, Shinki's name before they died, which caused Sakura, who was the first Shinki that Yato named himself. Mizuchi was given to him by father. Mizuchi is also known as Nora uh, because she has multiple names. Uh, Nora are not trusted within the god community because of the fact they have multiple allegiances. Nora was also part of the reason why Yukine was lashing out so much in the beginning because he felt that if he ever disappointed Yato in any way, he would just run off to Nora. He felt very jealous of her. Sakura was the first person to ever truly care for Yato and was teaching Yato to become a better person. When you tell an Ashinki their real name, they become overwhelmed by the reality of their death, become an ayakashi because they're unable to accept the change in their lives. Nothing lasts forever and the unfairness of their death, usually premature. Father would even sick his own masked ayakashi on Yato, then act like he had saved Yato and pitied him, and would beat him up if he didn't bring him back the ears of the herd that he had called. However, his father employed a carrot in the stick method, praising Yato and bringing him up to be a killer, making him want to gain praise from father by killing, while also hurting Yato at the same time. But after he meets Yukine, and Yukine becomes a hafuri vessel because he cares about Yato so much, and Hiyori, who was the first person to ever say that she wanted to be with him and made him a shrine, the very thing that he has wanted for most of his existence. No one had ever done such nice things for Yato before. Yato was able to gain the courage to release Nora. He calls her Hero. That's the name he gave her. Became a Nora because she was already Father's Shinki. So by releasing her, he's separating himself from Father's influence. And he acquired the courage to make the decision to kill Father, which he was on the fence about before because his very existence is linked to Father, he believed. And if he died, Yato would also die. But now he knows that Hiori will never forget him, even when she's an old lady. So his trust in her allowed him to finally destroy the man who created him. That is all I have for, day, for today. Sorry for taking up like 20 minutes of your time. Sheesh, I've been talking for too long. Uh, see you, I have no idea when. This has been Overanalyzing Anime with Hannah. Signing off. Peace. Let's go!